Hello, everybody. Coach Bills 187 here, along with Coach JD, to discuss the Ross group in the PNTT, a star-studded group filled with some perennial contenders as well as an up-and-coming team. Uh, and also, among those perennial contenders, uh, your team, Coach Clearwater. So it should be a fun one to talk about. You ready? Yeah, ready. I'm, I've always do. Yeah, I've uh, you know jumped in and uh, co-hosted some of these uh, groups in the past, but never had uh, the group that had my own team in it. So um, for once, I don't have to do a lot of research into one of the teams anymore. Right. Exactly. We'll see how much you actually reveal about your yeah. team. I mean, that's or, the challenge. Or, or how much I know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, I'm going to assume that anything you <laughs> claim not to know will really be. Uh, strategy on your part but we'll start with uh, the group's top seed the number three overall seed in the pntt coming off a final four appearance that's charlotte a team that has really been one of the best in all of league 31 over the past few seasons Uh, seventh in power ranking over the last five years two final four appearances over that time last year they were 22 and two finished third in the ntt and fourth in the power rankings but uh, I'm not sure they're going to be the same team this year. I mean, certainly it won't be literally the same team. And they may not be the same kind of contender after losing three senior starters. Uh, they lost Ross, the small forward, Hill, the power forward, and Matthews, the center, uh, who really had quite the MTT, by the way, uh, and brought in a class that's fine, uh, but not nearly as well-ranked as the one going out. Um, that one that went out was 34-33, Sim Hoops Hardwood, this one, 101, 111. Of course, definitely still some talent on a team. You don't usually have just one good class when you make the Final Four. The backcourt is still in place. Uh, but you have to figure this team will take a little bit of a step back this season. So what do you think, Coach? Uh, how intimidated are you as a member of this group by the top seed in the group? Um, I mean, overall, you're looking at a team, as you mentioned, you know, you're losing three starters. So there's always... Um... You know, there's always some turnover and there's always some little bit of turbulence and you're replacing that. I mean, unless you're bringing in like a no doubt, you know, stud freshman class where you have like instant impact players from day one, then I mean, there's definitely going to be a step back. But, I mean, you're talking about a step back from a 22 and two team. So, you know, with League 31, you know, even a step back from that is likely, you know, could, could easily be a high team to, you know, 20, 21 win team, you know, on its own right. So, um, and there's definitely you know, some good players on this team and you know, every reason to think that they're still the team to beat, you know, in, in the group as a whole. Um, you know, just looking at, you know, who they are bringing back. I mean, Riley Richards is, you know, not a um, not much of a facilitator at point guard, but he's, uh, you know, really kind of a standout player all the way around. I mean, he's a great shooter, plays excellent defense and, uh, you know, is a, just a threat, you know, from the point guard spot. Um but I think, you know, going into the first game, I don't think that uh, I'm not sure who they're playing first, but I don't know what the rest of the lineup's going to look like. That They have a lot of choices, I think. Um, Deshaun Weed, you know, he, he was their shooting guard last year at 6'8", but does he maybe slide up into one of the uh, forward spots this season, you know, with his height? Um, maybe someone like David Butler comes off the bench into the backcourt. Um, you had a couple of talented guys like Race Williams who can step into the front court. Um, you mentioned not the best freshman class, um, but not the, you know, there's you know at least some some height in there for some depth. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a fresh look team. I, I don't think anyone's going to project them to go 22 and two, but um, yeah, I mean they're they're the king of the hill that we all have to shoot for. 
Yeah, I mean, taking a look at last year's team, what really sticks out to me is the offensive balance. They had five guys scoring at least 12 points per 30 minutes in the starting lineup, uh, and then a couple of bench players too. But And the starters just shot a terrific set of percentages. I mean, four guys over 60 in the true shooting percentage, three of whom are now gone, uh, and then one who was at, at 557 so that's a great call on Weed, uh, who was the shooting guard. I, I would have to agree that it looks like he may now be playing small forward. It's obviously all speculation, but his team doesn't have quite the same front court depth that it had last year. So you figure Weed moves down. One of those scorers from the bench from last year maybe comes in. Butler does, to me, look like the obvious candidate. Uh, and then, as you said, this, the, high, the freshmen excuse me, do have some height. Maybe somebody like Juwan Krause comes in and plays power forward. Uh, and then, as you also mentioned, they have Race Williams, 7-2, backup center from last year, to come in and play center. So, you know, there's a, there's a very reasonable and good starting lineup in there. I just think when you lose three guys who all shot over 60% in true shooting percentage, uh, it's going to be really tough to replace them. So someone like Riley Richards, whom you mentioned at the outset, probably is going to have to shoulder a much bigger portion of the scoring load this season. So that may be the biggest difference from last year to this year uh, is that you won't see quite as much balance from them offensively, but who knows? And you asked, you know, you said the idea of who they start with, they start against Glendale, whom we'll get to in a bit, uh, the four seed in this group and an up and coming team, but probably a team that Charlotte is, is still better than. So perhaps they'll have the one game to sort things out. Um, We'll see. Uh, Next up is your team coach. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. Before I throw it to you, it's Clearwater. Uh, I remember going into the NTT last year, I was doing the podcast with Coach V, and, you know, it looked to me like you might be one season away from being, you know, real good uh, if you brought in the right freshman class. And, you know, the the rankings suggest maybe this wasn't it, but I'm going to kind of throw it to you uh, to give me a little more, and all of us, a little more detail on that. Yeah, I mean, it was... uh... It's always exciting, you know, when you have a, a 200 plus recruiting class that you're ready to, you know, get off the books, you know, as seniors and, um, you know, bring in, you know, you have a chance to um, you know, take, take a shot and bring in a, a good recruiting class and really kind of, you know, uh, you know, push yourself up the rankings a little bit and get back to some of the areas where that, you know, some of the status that I'd had, you know, in, in the past, you know, I've been kind of struggling to get back into that, um, into that stratosphere of contenders. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, you know, it, it didn't hit for me this year. I mean, I, overall, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely kicking myself on my recruiting. I, I think I went way too conservative on a couple of them, especially with, you know, bringing back three decent classes and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, when it got to signing day, there's only one guy I was actually really all that excited about, and it was a five-five tie that, of course, didn't go my way. And then uh, the guys I signed are, you know, they're they're big. You know, they're a little bit better than what I lost, but you know, they're not that neck. They weren't that class that's gonna, you know, that gives me like that instant impact starter that really could have, uh, you know, helped us compete with the top teams in the league. So. I think we'll be, you know, a little bit better than last season. It'll be important for us for one of those three big guys to try and take over maybe the center spot, allowing me to shift some guys down in the lineup a little bit. Um, and if, if one of them's not able to take that center spot, then I'm going to be rolling back out the same group. And I do bring back my my starting five from last year, which was uh, overall a balanced scoring team um, with, uh, you know, a couple of good players for sure. Um 
but yeah, not definitely di- disappointed, you know, overall, but nothing shocking on signing day. Um, like I said, I, I do think we'll be better than last season, but not like, uh, you know, NTT contender good. So let me ask you this. I imagine, you know, the preseason, even in a tournament like this, will be used for a little experimentation for your group, right? I mean, I, I imagine you'll give your freshman centers, at least one of them, if not more than one, a chance to start. But let's say you were playing right now in the Conference 10 championship game and you had to roll out a starting lineup. Okay, so in other words, you kind of have to project whether you think these freshmen will be good enough. Uh, would you roll with the same lineup as last year, or would you put one of these guys into that center spot if you had to make the choice right now for a meaningful game? Well, I don't. I, I wish I could answer that exactly, but I don't <laughs> fully have an answer there. Um, you know, the on paper, John Harrison is the best of the of the freshmen that have come in. I mean, he's a plus five guy and in, in some good spots overall, but his statistics don't really tell the story of a guy that is the best of that group. And um, I, I think I will have some chances to play some matchups a little bit. Um, I have the opportunity to use that same starting five from last season, which usually, which basically meant someone was playing a little bit small. Usually Ryan Lindsay at, you know, small forward or, or God, you know, either basically how small it's small forward, you know, and maybe even, yeah, really, I guess, power forward and center, a little undersized as well, based on what you really want. But um, but capable. So, I think my best lineup would be someone, whether it's Harrison or if it's uh, you know Donald Clark, you know, taking that center spot and holding some competency there, with you know Reynolds shifting to power forward, Hatchet to small forward, you know, and then Godfrey and Wilson, you know, that that'd be four good scoring options around like a a blue collar center, and that you know that's a, that's a solid NTT team and. Uh, and so that would be, I guess, the, the best case scenario there. And then, because uh, honestly, I don't have a backup point guard if Ryan Lindsay is not in that spot. So um, if I have to use him in the starting lineup, then I've got someone who's going to be a, a turnover machine in that spot. And I don't even know who that would be. Um, basically, a 6'8 guy that has decent hands would probably take that spot. So the lineup's not perfect. Um, but it would be ideal if one of uh, one of those freshman centers can earn you know a starting spot and run with it. It's interesting to me that you mentioned Harrison and Clark and not McGregor, just because statistically uh, he looks pretty good defensively. He's got the I'm looking at per thirty numbers and per game. I remember is a little better. One point one steals, two point seven blocks per game. Uh, do you see him as the third best option in the group, McGregor? Well, he's a plus one, minus four guy. <laughs> okay. So it's it, that's one of those things you have to, you know, uh, you have to evaluate, right? When you're looking at the plus minus, I mean, none of these guys are stars. I mean, that's why they're, you know, a 150 or so, you know, recruiting class. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think he did have a decent scout with like excellent defense and good athleticism. And both of those dropped to, you know, good defense and fair athleticism. So he's probably on the high end of both of those. Um, and he obviously has some holes in the rest of his game. And, uh, but he was picked over, you know, I, I actually, the, I gave the computer a chance to pick between him and Alan Brown, who, you know, we might or might not talk about on Rockford actually where he ended up going and the computer gave me McGregor. So <laughs> even though he's a minus three guy, <laughs> they thought he was better than probably what Brown would have been, who I projected to be like a plus one or plus two guy. So, um, yeah, but ultimately, yeah, I'll, I'll give these guys a chance. Uh, Harrison is going to get the first chance. 
and then um, uh, yeah, but the other two guys may be in A though, based on what I think my lineup will look like to start out. Now I'm realizing here that McGregor went to Salt Lake City High School, so uh, you know maybe we can talk offline. I'll give you a scouting report <laughs> from <laughs> watching those games. But uh, now I, I admit I was not too familiar with him as a recruit, but just interesting to see those three guys. I mean, I, I guess you know, and we can move on to Rockford in a second, but. Uh, the fact that you have three of them, right? Like maybe one of them will work out. You know, it's not clear which one it'll be, but at least you have three shots, right? Yeah, that's the idea. And, you know, ultimately with, with recruiting for me this year, a lot of those guys, um, like I think McGregor had like a fair scout with like good looking ratings, but just kind of fell across the board or, or maybe that was Clark. Like one of those two guys, you know, was like a on paper a plus five, but, you know, definitely didn't come in through that. And the stats throughout the season didn't show that. And, and each of those guys really dropped as the season went along. So it's kind of one of those bad luck things where, you know, I was you know a little conservative on you know on uh, going into game three, and and then they the guys kind of got worse throughout the year, and you know that that happens sometimes. And um, but yeah, it's a lot of talk about three you know three <laughs> three guys who at best might be an average center. So um, the rest of my team is what will determine how good we are. So. Yeah, no, it's fair. It's just, I mean, it's just because your team was good last year without the center, you know, no, no offense to Reynolds whatsoever, who, who held that position very admirably. It was just sort of, and I'm sure more so for you than for outside observers, kind of, you know, tantalizing to imagine what they could be with, with the right center. But who knows? Yeah. Here's uh, sure the hoping. <laughs> you guys will be good and a tough out as always. Uh, so let's talk about Rockford. You mentioned they are the, Third seed in this group, the twenty-five number twenty-five seed overall. We didn't say Clearwater is the number twenty seed overall. Rockford, another one of the best programs uh, in League Thirty-One history. The all-time numbers don't bear that out, just because Future Star wasn't there for the first five seasons, and then the team was awful for the first few seasons as he was turning them around. Uh, but since he's really gotten his own recruits, they have been uh, perennially uh, a contender. Uh, won an NTT at one point. Uh, back in season 18 and just are always always seem to be around uh and it's another team a little bit like yours uh in that uh they had some talent last year we're graduating a good senior class but you know maybe one that they could improve upon potentially uh and just didn't didn't totally happen uh i mean they've got the 148 151 freshman class uh, replacing, and this is the big difference, they did lose a couple of our one senior starter in Samuel Baldwin, a very solid center who's now gone. So this team could take a step back despite all the returning talent. So what do you think about Rockford, Coach? Yeah, I agree when you said that they're, you know, they're similar to us in a way because they will be pretty well set in that one through four, um, you know, with uh, maybe a couple guys that maybe – you know, I'm showing Upchurch and Carrasco rotated between shooting guard and small forwards. I don't know if that's a true rotation or if that's something that was flipped, you know, some way during the year last season. But um, yeah, you got those four guys are set, and then you're hoping that one of the freshmen come in and uh, can earn that starting spot to kind of you know to balance out the rest of the lineup. Um, you know, a couple guys that are capable of scoring, you know, upwards close to 20 points a game with Upchurch and, and Harwell. And then a point guard who you know had over ten assists you know per game, so you know he does a good job setting up the rest of the team. So yeah, the big difference, like you said, is they are replacing as an actual senior starter, whereas you know I was replacing three guys who I could not wait to jettison from the program. <laughs> um, and at least according to the 
the the recruiting rankings here, they have some higher end talent. I mean that that freshman class has you know two guys who are you know obviously McCann being the one starter, the sophomore class now um, look to be pretty strong. You know since you had that three hardwood ranking, and then uh, the the now seniors, there's a lot of um, you know quality there. You know led by you know I assume Carrasco's a you know. Not the biggest score, probably a good shooter, but you know, probably some solid tributes across the board from there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think they have some upper end players as well as uh, a little bit of depth. And but, um, you know, they might probably would say that, yeah, we have four starters and we have to figure out the fifth spot. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is a team that made the Sweet 16 in the NTT last year. I should have said that earlier. Uh, the returning talent definitely looks pretty good. I remember talking to Coach Future Star last year on one of these podcasts, or maybe offline, but about that, what is now a sophomore class, because that, that ranking is really gaudy, right? I mean, it's not just the three hardwood, but combined with 19 sim hoops, that gap always makes me think like, whoa, one guy must be a real superstar. And he was kind of less enthusiastic about McCann than maybe you would expect based on that ranking. Perhaps his view has changed now, I don't know. But I remember at the time he was saying like, yeah, he's got good ratings, but stats weren't that great. I don't know how good he'll be. Uh, but then he went out and averaged a double-double uh, with assists and led the entire country in assists per game, I'm pretty sure. I know he was leading right down to the final games of the season. Uh, so that is an intriguing player to have coming back as a sophomore. Um, and among the freshmen, we already talked about Alan Brown. I mean, you said that apparently, according to the computer, he's not as good as Emmanuel McGregor, whom you see as your third best recruit. Uh, so don't know that he's very likely to factor in. But Eric Paddock is someone who interests me. I, I just have a memory of seeing him as a recruit and thinking that he was pretty good. Uh, and his stats, you know, don't scream out star. He's certainly not a scorer. But playing power forward, uh, his defensive numbers might have been a bit depressed. And his assist-to-turnover ratio is nice. So I do wonder whether he's a guy who will be able to man that center spot. Um, Cade Powell potentially could as well pretty good defensive numbers and scored in the double figures but yeah i mean like we said uh some similarities to Clearwater in that there's not an obvious center maybe they will go end up going smaller um as you guys may as well so we shall yeah. see uh, yeah, but if you have a couple guys on the bench you could jump up with some scoring i mean kelly faulkner and hill you know did a decent job scoring points so yeah maybe one of those guys is capable of a bigger role if they went small but yeah if they do if uh, from those freshmen paddock does look like the most likely guy to step in and start yeah yeah um really nice numbers off the bench from kelly last year um impressive to see that uh 6.1 assists per 30 minutes 1.7 steals to go with 13 points and and dante hill was a very efficient shooter so you're right to say that there's clearly some some reserves in the cupboard there as guys who could come in and play big minutes if called upon the, uh, the last team in the group is Glendale. We mentioned them a little bit earlier. They are Charlotte's first opponent. Uh, Coach S. Wesley is rather new to drive the lane as far as the message board suggests and has been doing a pretty good job improving the program in a very difficult conference. I mean, Conference 27, especially over the past few seasons, uh, has been one of the best in the whole country, you know, led by Bakersfield with its three straight title game appearances and, and Fremont, which won the NTT two seasons ago. Uh, along with Inglewood, which just brought in the 1-1 class and, and has been a contender as well. So, so Glendale is likely not going to be at the top of its conference uh, and probably will be at the bottom of this group 
as well. Uh, had a nice class last season that will now be sophomores, uh, 18-some hoops, 53 hardwood, uh, and graduated some guys in the 200s, but replaced them with a 171-174 class. So it certainly appears to me like this group will probably stick you know, in that fourth spot where they're seated. Uh, do you think there's reason for optimism that they could climb, Coach? I mean, it's tough to project, right? I mean, as you mentioned, there's one class that, you know, and those guys are the, the rising sophomores with Christopher Edwards looking like a, he's a nice player. Looks like a good, uh, you know, scoring, you know, maybe a 3 and D kind of guy. Um, as much as anything, that's just relied on to carry carry the load offensively and then plays pretty good defense. But, um, you know, he seems like he's a bit of like a, I don't know, tweener's not the right word, but not quite strong enough, like, you know, uh, you know, in the post, you know, to, um, you know, with rebounding to be a power forward and doesn't have the hands to play small forward. So he's really just a, a scoring forward. Um, and that's good. I mean, those guys are very valuable. And, uh, and I think he's going to continue to be the, um, you know, the leader of this team. And, you know, I don't know the history of Glendale, but, you know, a guy that scores 22, 23 game as a freshman is probably going to find his way into the all time, you know, charts for the school. Um, but he, he, he will need some help. Um, you know, he, Ryan Capice was, you know, paired with him. So they, they play some decent defense. So I guess if you're going to, um, you know, hang your hat on something, it's, they, they may be able to defend uh, down by the hoop, you know, fairly well. So if a team uh, doesn't get the game, doesn't get their outside shot falling, you know, they could be uh, a team that could, you know, pull an upset. Um, they do need some more offensive firepower, so hopefully Nathan Blackwell will give that to them. Uh, he looks like probably a little bit of a gunner at a probably more of a shooting guard than a small shooting guard than a point guard. And uh, but you know they need guys who are capable of scoring, even if it's at a low efficiency, because uh, their backcourt wasn't scoring for him last year. So you figure he's probably going to factor into the lineup and probably will be there number two scorer, and then, um, you know, I'll be curious to see if Noah Clark is, uh, you know, good enough as well. Maybe both of those guys start and, you know, keep laying the foundation for the, the next couple of years. You brought up the idea of Christopher Edwards as an all-timer for Glendale, so I looked it up while you were talking, and you're exactly right. Uh, their all-time leading scorer right now is Bryant Garnett, who averaged 18.4 points per game. So if Edwards can stick at his pace or even close to it, he was at 22.8 last year. He should blow away that record. Uh, so he's got a great chance of becoming Glendale's all-time leading scorer. Uh, hey, and Coach V, Coach V oh, here. I, I just hey, jumped in. I, I got <laughs> sorry. I got a little little bit of time. I do want to mention that um, you know I can tell that uh, Coach S. Wesley is a big Psych fan. So um, props to him for that uh, with the Girton Busters uh, reference. And uh, maybe you guys aren't psych fans, but no, I have no idea what you're talking about. You got to explain it. Yeah, it's a TV show um, about a uh, guy who pretends like he's a psychic and he's really goofy and immature and lots of random 80s references. It's on Amazon Prime. My wife and I really like the show. So uh, <laughs> I just wanted to interject there. <laughs> OK, it's kind of like what we're all doing, right? With pretending we know the future, talking about these teams and how good <laughs> yep. they're going to be. Yeah, he's just really perceptive. So but it's I don't know. He's really immature, but he's, he's funny when he when he does it. And it, wait, what is the Gert and Busters thing? So um, 
he has a partner and every time he makes up like a name a lot of times he makes up different names for his partner and his his partner's name is uh uh Bert and Guster and they call him Gus but uh he says this is my partner Gert and Buster sometimes he says this is my partner Magic Head and he like uses his head to come up with psychic uh reads or you know <laughs> um he he has some goofy uh he he always makes up a name for Gus. Um, so <laughs> this means more... this means that two of the four teams in this group have names that are related to TV shows because Rockford Files is an old TV show, right? Yeah, from the seventies. The yeah. Rockford Files. And yeah. that's what this, the Rockford Files. Uh, well, so interesting. Mine is as well. Mine's a, a Trailer Park Boys reference. Uh, <laughs> K Money would not let me. It's it's for Trailer Park Boys. Uh, <laughs> one they have a and it's a great show if anyone's ever watched it's like a it's a mockumentary about a guys who live in a trailer park and are always up to hijinks and and shit but um the one of the guys that they, they there's a band in there that they're the shit rockers uh, bubbles and the shit rockers um came money would not let me use shit rockers <laughs> so i just dropped the h and although i usually if i actually spell out my my full team name on the message board i still add in the h I have, um, yeah, I have seen that. Wow, that's amazing, man. Three and now I'm looking right? it up, and Sand Sharks is a horror film. I saw that. I, saw I don't that. know if that's why he named it. <laughs> did, did you ever ask that coach to come on in the podcast, like before the Final Four or anything? Yeah, yeah. Do, do you, so him. you have a line, Tim? You can ask him? Ask him. I, I can ask him. I'll, I'll get back to you guys. <laughs> this is great. Uh, no, I, we appreciate the interruption, Coach. I, I think we're... We're almost done here. I mean, it, yeah. we, we can wrap up the group, but I will also say uh, about ahead. one more thing about Glendale. While we're talking about him, I'm I'm interested in uh, in Blackwell uh, because he, like uh, JD, you said he was a gunner, but he shot seven point three threes and he did not make a high percentage of them, twenty nine point eight percent. So that really drug down his nine seven point three out of twenty shots. Like that's that's a pretty high percentage almost. Uh, over a third. So that really drags down his field goal percentage. Um, although I've had guys that have shot great three-pointers and sucked at threes in college. So I don't know if that, that's much of a carryover. But at least he's willing to shoot them, I guess. This is, a, this is an interesting point. Yeah, his two-point field goal percentage is really not bad. I'm trying no. to figure this figure this out on the fly here, but it looks like it's about 55%. Um, yeah, so. it's... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, that's yeah. So as as long as you know, Coach S. Wesley turns down his three point shot, uh, then he could actually be a lot more efficient than it it's looks. It's actually sixty two point seven percent. So wait, really? How do you I, wait? Where where do you get that? Um, oh no, I'm. That can't be right. I'm off by. Because <laughs> I mean, fifty four point seven percent, fifty four point eight percent. Yeah. Okay. So right right around fifty eight percent. Okay. So there you go. Yep. For, I mean, right around 55, I mean to say. Yeah, yeah that's okay. pretty good for a two-point percentage, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, Okay, absolutely. Very good. So, yeah, that he could be a very different player. Now, he has some other uh, shortcomings. I mean, it doesn't look like he's great defensively. Uh, but he could definitely make a big difference. I mean, as Coach J.D. was saying, right, there was sort of a one-man band offensively last year. Mm-hmm. And now they'll have, Edwards will have an offensive running mate. Yeah. So, Coach, let's wrap up the group here. We talked about each team. We talked about how Charlotte should take a step back. Rockford might take a bit of a step back after losing Baldwin. 
you guys shouldn't. You know, you should be at least as good as last year, if not a little bit better. Uh, and Glendale probably will be bringing up the rear. I'm not sure how objective you can be, but who do you, you know, legitimately think is the favorite to win this group? Yeah, I mean, I always, I, I never go out on a limb on any of these groups I've ever done before. I'm always like, oh yeah, well, the favorite. I think I pick the favorite <laughs> to win like every single time. So it's, you know, by nature, you know, I say, well, until someone beats Charlotte, they're they're the favorite, and I can't pick against it. Um, but you know what? Um, let, let's let, let's let's throw in a little cockiness here. You know, late on a Sunday night, let's just let's just say I think my team can put it together. So let's. Um, let me let me imagine one of those freshmen stepping up and and uh, you know I, I think we have a chance. I mean I, we have I wouldn't say a greater than fifty percent chance, but I would say between a twenty five fifty percent chance of winning the group. And yeah, why not? Let's go for it. Let's uh, I think we can win. We're not going to go undefeated, but you know maybe we go you know you know four and two and you know get the right matchup. So um, let's go. Yeah, I, I think that's totally legit. I mean, I, I honestly think Charlotte is is not the favorite to win the group. Like they're the number one seed, but I wouldn't, I mean, if there were some sort of Sim Vegas, I don't think they would be the favorite just because they lost so much. They're still going to be good. Uh-huh. As you said, right. They were 22 yeah. and two. It's not like anybody's saying they're going to be bad, but you know, you guys were a six seed in the NTT and didn't lose a starter. Rockford made the sweet 16 lost one starter. Uh, so I see both your team and Rockford as a little better than Charlotte coming in. Uh, and it's just going to really depend on how Rockford fills that hole that Baldwin left in the starting lineup. We didn't even mention that the backup Brady Kett, uh, is one of those guys that, you know, you have as a backup and doesn't get in because the starter's good. But then when he graduates, you miss him because I mean, his numbers per 30, I mean, I, I have no idea how good he actually was, and but his numbers per 30 suggest that he was more than capable of filling in, not as a scorer, but in every other way as a center. So he's gone now. Uh, and it's just, you know, if Eric Paddock can come in and be 80% of what Baldwin was, then maybe Rockford wins the group. But if those freshmen struggle, uh, you guys have the already established starting lineup. So I think, I think it definitely could be Clearwater getting back to the PNT, PNTT playoffs where historically – they they have been many times yeah i agree i think rockford has a a, a good chance as well if i would you know if i'm not picking my own team i would i would pick rockford as well i think so i think you're right yeah uh but potentially three relatively even teams uh in this group and you know again no offense to glendale just kind of still working their way up but it should be should be a fun one yep Appreciate the time, Coach. I think we're all set here for the Ross Group. Back with another one with some other people not too long from now.